The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We mentioned earlier on that there are protests around the country. We were talking to Michael Dooley at the Garden of Remembrance. Protests planned in Dublin, Sligo, Cork and Limerick and Galway um, from a range of people. Sinn Féin, People Before Profit, the trade unions, uh, several student unions and several organisations representing those who are most vulnerable in society. And what they are protesting about is the uh, significant rises in the cost of living. And of course, one of the people from People Before Profit and the man who is convener of the Cost of Living Coalition, as they are described, is Richard Boyd Barrett and he is with us today. I don't think, Richard, many would object to the things that you are seeking. So mm. control of energy costs, protection of incomes, all of that. The manner in how you, of how you pay for it, I suppose, is the thing that people will be most curious about. Where does the money come from? Well, you see, I think one of the remarkable things about the current cost of living crisis is that while huge numbers of working people, students, families, people on loan, modest incomes are being crushed with it, there are some people who are doing very well. And uh, the energy companies are a very major case in point. They have seen their profits go through the roof. Uh, All the major energy and electricity uh, supply companies in this country have seen dramatic increases in profits. That's so does that mean a, a windfall <coughs> tax on them? That's your proposal? Tax, absolutely. Of how and, much? Uh, well, I, I would say, frankly, about 50%. Uh, I don't see how there can be any justification for making super profits when people are being absolutely crucified and dri- literally driven into poverty. Uh, and I think it is noticeable that even Boris Johnson, who you'd hardly describe as, you know, a left-wing ideologue, uh, has brought in a 25% windfall tax, right? And that's under pressure. I don't want to give him too much credit, but there's so uh, much suffering going on there. In France, they have limited uh, increases in uh, energy prices to a maximum of 4% increase. Go back to the 50%. How much would that give you? Oh, we could get about 300 million, about approximately on that. We could get about 300 million. That would go a very significant way towards uh, insulating people. And it's essentially it? to, to keep the prices down. Would to, 300 million make that big a difference? It would, of course. I think it would make a very significant difference. Now, that's not no, enough. Like, By the just way, in this, in the, just to say, that's not enough. We need more than that. Uh, but when you look in the scheme of things, I mean, if, if you the, take the, the split up of the, um, the costs of the state and where the money gets spent, Social protection alone, so you take pensions and welfare programmes, there's 23 billion quid already spent, yeah, and yeah. 300 million is a drop in the ocean. No, like wait, wait, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the windfall tax in and of itself on its own is sufficient, it's not. Uh, but we've also seen across the corporate sector an absolutely enormous jump in profits. Uh, the profits in this country, corporate profits in this country have trebled in the last decade. Uh, from 77 billion in 2012, they're up to over 203 billion euro. And that increased very significantly during the pandemic. Now, I think at the very least you could have emergency windfall taxes put on that sector to protect society. Uh, Now, this is not the first time this will have been put to you, but of course the the thing that that raises is what does that do for FDI? Because as soon as you start putting on unexpected windfall taxes on largely foreign domiciled um, organisations that are a huge contributor to our tax base here, they leg it. 
I, well, there's no real evidence of that, and they're paying so uh, such low rates of tax here, far lower than the rest of Europe. And remember, these companies want to be within the European Union, so they don't have many choices, and for the most part, they want to be in an English-speaking country in the European Union. That narrows it down pretty significantly. Uh, so the idea that they're when they're making these absolutely vast profits, they're going to run away to... But do you so think you can turn to the Facebooks and to the Twitters of this world and say, we're going to hit you with, what, 20%, 30% this year, unexpectedly? Expectedly, and they'll say, I will suck it up. I, I, I think the point is, if we do not if we do not protect people, we will see a recession. And so it's not just from the point of view of the hardship and suffering and homelessness that people are suffering. But if people's purchasing power is dramatically reduced by the cost of living, which it is being, then that is going to feed into the rest of the economy. And in the end, even the corporate sector will suffer, right? The entire economy will suffer. So it is in the interest of everybody that we protect people's incomes, that they can have affordable places to live, and that the cost of living does not drive huge numbers of people into poverty or into just not being able to pay for the basic things they need to have a dignified existence. One of the challenges of course in this is the more money that you pour into those who need it, the more that there is a danger that you can foster further inflation. And as I mentioned at the outset it is a broad church that you are protesting for on behalf of today. So to what extent do you target the kind of reliefs that you're looking for and to whom do you target them? Well, I I think every worker in this country has lost 8% of their income as a result of inflation, right? And at the very minimum, you need income increases in pensions and wages and so on that keep pace with that. Otherwise, as I said, that's going to damage the economy as well as make people suffer. There's no justification for pay cuts. But it is also true that you can bring down the price of things. I mean, one of the things we need, you know, the government try, try and say, oh, this inflation crisis is to do with Ukraine. It's a, it's international factors. Of course, they are exacerbating it. But the truth is, our according to the ICTU report they did recently, Energy and utility costs and housing costs in this country are 78% higher than the EU average. We have the highest, pretty much the highest childcare costs in Europe. We have the highest college and university fees within the European Union. Uh, so we are w- the highest rents. Uh, now, so the, the one it, bit on that, though, if you continue with the theme of things that we have the highest on, we also have some of the highest top level tax in Europe. We're only a smidgen behind Germany once you get into the 100, 150 grand kind of bracket. It is going to be from those people that you'll have to find the 8%. Uh, actually, we don't. When you overall, when you look at the tax take in this country, the uh, corporate sector uh, pay less than they do on average in Europe. And as a result, we put less money into key public services. No, but I'm talking individual taxes. When you, If you earn over 100 or over 150,000, because if you're looking for 8% for every worker... That's where it's going to have to come from. You're talking about no, employers PRSI. No, employer. One of the big gaps in the Irish tax system is employers PRSI. Uh, employers pay far less by a very significant margin in employers PRSI than is paid in the rest of Europe. And indeed, the unions for years have been saying we should be bringing it up to average levels. That would raise billions, 
billions. Uh, and that is the reason, is one of the major reasons why we spend less on childcare, we spend less on education, we spend less on public housing. I mean, if you take the housing crisis, we have 9% of the housing stock in this country is social housing. In most of the rest of the Euro- Europe, it's 15, 20, 25% of housing stock. So if you don't have investment in public and affordable housing by the state, uh, then you get what we have now is an absolute crisis of unaffordability where 70 to 80 percent of people who are working cannot afford the rents and the house prices. Do you think to some extent that the government view on this is, look, we are going to have to, or at least the ECB is going to have to get uh, hands around inflation. That's going to mean increasing uh, interest rates. That is going to mean a difficult period for the next two years, possibly something of a recession. And then we come out the other end of it and we're just going to have to suck it up. I don't think interest rates being increased is the answer. Okay, this is supply side economics, uh, you know, uh, uh, impact the money supply. I do do not believe that will be a recipe for recession. And in fact, some economic commentators are warning against that approach. The right approach, in, in my opinion, is to control the, the prices of basic things like housing, like childcare, like education, like health, like public transport, and then to see some tax justice which redistributes the wealth. Because you see, we, we, are, we have seen record levels of economic growth. There's still economic growth in this country. And as I said, very significant profits are being recorded. Some so of the prices that you describe, out. some of the prices that you describe are to some degree more controllable in heavily regulated industries like energy. What do you do for things like groceries? When people are discovering they can't pay for the basket of goods. You can't control every grocery and every shop. Well, I think, well, uh, first of all, by the way, there is on the statute books consumer protection legislation, which is very specifically says in cases of emergency where the cost of basic goods uh, have, uh, if you like, reached unaffordable levels, the government have the right to declare an emergency and control prices. And and by the way, they do that in certain, in certain things already. So I think they should do more of it, particularly on rents uh, and I think it would be justified to do it. Government sentence to define the price of bread and milk and eggs? Really? I, I, I would say in a situation where people are faced with absolutely not having those basic things, that would be justified. But the knock-on impact and by across the way, Anton, shops, let's consumers, the re- industry. The retail distributors in this country are making a fortune. And they made a fortune over the last two years. Super profits again being recorded. Would but it, farmers aren't. But why is it? But Anton, I'll ask you this question. Why is it justified to control workers' wages, but not to control profits? I mean, I ask that simple question. That's, there's never a discussion about controlling profits. So the profits of, te- of Tesco or, you know, whatever it is, the supermarket chains can go through the roof uh, and nobody says a word. But on the other hand, uh, if workers say we want pay increases or income increases in line with inflation, doesn't people are screaming, saying you can't do that, you can't possibly do that. So why are, why are wages and incomes controlled, but profits are not controlled? Well, there is a difference between controlling profits and controlling prices on the shelves. That's a big leap, to, to have the government step in across every industry that, that supplies the products that people buy as groceries. That's basic significant. goods would impact their profits, right? It would be a way of bringing them down. And I think that's what should happen on areas like energy prices, food prices, and so on, where uh, we control those prices. And uh, by the way... This is being done in France at the moment on the question of electricity, right? They've also introduced a new regime of rent controls in France. 
So this is not far out stuff. And in fact, you know, going way back, there have been situations, particularly in periods of big inflationary spirals, where governments have intervened and controlled the price of basic goods. Uh, And and by the way, when some of those controls were taken away in uh, developing countries, it led to famines. Although the the lesson learned from most of those inflationary spirals was that control of the money supply and control of interest rates is the key lever in preventing the up and down cycle that causes so much pain, which you're against. No, it, there's no, to my mind, there's absolutely no doubt. If you control the money supply through increasing uh, interest rates at the moment, you are going to tip us into recession. That'll make the situation worse. Uh, so I, I don't accept that as a, a legitimate response. I think that would be a big mistake at the moment. Talk to me about your expectation for the protests, because there are protests, as I said, lined up across uh, Dublin, Sligo, Cork, Limerick, Galway. We have come out of a period of 18 months where there hasn't been much in the way of protests by virtue of COVID. Mass gatherings have been effectively banned almost for 18 solid months. Will people have lost the the run of it? Um... I certainly hope not. And even at, you know, a few hours before the protests that are happening in all those locations, I would say to people who are being crushed with high rents or have been faced with or driven into homelessness or who are having struggling to pay their bills, get out on the streets. Because as we saw with things like water charges, mass protests work. They impact on the government. And I have absolutely no doubt the government are right now considering what are they going to do in response to this crisis. They are under pressure, but it's it's clear that they are resisting the sort of measures that could really protect people. And we see that with the pay talks with the ICTU, where they are offering pay increases that are below the rate of inflation. That is, in effect, the government saying you have to accept pay cuts. now That are barely <clears throat> above half the rate of inflation, five exactly. versus eight point something. Exactly. And, that, and bearing in mind, by the way, that the ICTU, for example, estimate that already as a result of the inflation crisis, the average worker has lost two and a half thousand euro in real terms, in terms of the value of their income. Now, uh, if people come out in the streets in large numbers, and this is the first of a series of demonstrations, this isn't going to end today, uh, it will make a difference in the government's calculations. You can put the government under pressure, but you need numbers, you need people power. While we're on the topic of the um, calculations, there is an interesting piece in the Irish Independent, page 8, worth reading, which is by Charlie Weston looking at the total set of costs that people are bearing. Because you talk about the raise mm-hmm. at the two and a half thousand in real losses. Um, if you add up food, fuel, broadband, beer, um, Charlie Weston, the headline saying price hikes could cost families an extra. So this isn't just lost income by virtue of inflation, an extra three and a half thousand a year from this year on. One final thing before I let you go, Richard, yeah. you you were a spectator to one of the more interesting spats in Dáil Éireann that we have had in recent times this week when uh, Pierce Doherty and Leo Varadkar had a fairly significant cut off each other and the um, both men being subject to Garda investigation. Was it as distasteful as it looked? It was pretty intense. It was pretty intense, but I... I have to say, I mean, that seems to me like a government that is under pressure over the cost of living and is then looking to distract by personalising things. And I think, to be honest, the Tornish in particular would be far better, uh, you know, spending his time addressing the very real concerns around the cost of living, the housing crisis, rather than trying to take a, a, a personalised cuts at people. I just, you know, it's it's not serious politics. Uh, it's beneath uh, a government minister to do that. And let's 
worry about the people who are really suffering with the housing and cost of living crisis. Well, yeah, I know you're you're underway to the Garden Remembrance. The protest there starts at one o'clock and then there are protests planned all the way around the country. Sligo, Cork, Limerick and Galway. Richard Boyd Barrett, TD from People Before Profit and convener of the Cost of Living Coalition. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.